Hey guys, welcome to Ask the Podcast. Super glad you stopped by. Our team is made up of professional therapists and amateurs. Since we don't know your personal situation, we might get it wrong sometimes, but we will always give you the best advice we can with the information we have. We love getting your questions, so keep them coming. And this is a discussion format, so sometimes we curse, and sometimes we talk or laugh over each other. We want y'all to feel like part of our team. Remember, if you need emergency help, please call 911 or the suicide hotline, the number of which is on our website, www.askthepodcast.com. Hey, welcome to Ask the Podcast. Today, parents, we are talking about angry teens and how to help your angry teens feel less angry, how to support them. Adolescence is a fun time, isn't it? Hormone. Oh, heck yeah. All sorts of good stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I love about teenagers. I I feel like there's, um, they have so much potential. Yeah. You know, I love teens. Teens are my favorite. Okay. I like all ages, but I really do enjoy teenagers. And I know a lot of grownups don't, I'm not really much of a grownup, but anyhow. So, um, <laughs> back to <laughs> Sydney gets it. She knows I am a golden retriever. Don't ever let anybody tell you otherwise squirrel. Yeah. Today we're talking about anger from two different perspectives where we talk to your kids about just general anger. Like sometimes teenagers just feel angry. Sometimes people just feel angry, right? And we don't know why we feel angry. We just feel angry. The other type we're talking about is sometimes you've been violated, you've been assaulted, you've been bullied. And we mean really bullied, not just like someone saying an opinion you don't agree with. You've been beaten up, tripped, humiliated in public, whatever. You've been, you you feel, you're feeling a little victimized. And now with the teens, we don't, we didn't talk really about victim victimization because I really don't like the idea of having our young people think of themselves in terms of victims. I like to think of them as having, I like them to think of themselves as having the power and the control to determine how they allow uh, an assault or something affect them long-term. Like I want them to have the power, you know? But so, yeah, we talked about those two different types. So Sydney, what do you think? What's the first thing parents can do if they've got a kid that is just brooding and angry and grouchy all the time? I I know this sounds kind of, um, for some parents, it's difficult to do this because they feel like they're giving in to the way that the teenager is behaving, but just, you know, give them some space, you know, have some very basic rules around, you know, not being disrespectful. Like if, if you are cranky, you can go ahead and hang out in your room. If you feel like you can't be nice to your younger siblings or whatever, anybody, me in the house, whatever, you know? Um, so just give them some space to begin with, you know, because the more that you confront an angry person about rules of behavior or decorum or whatever, the more they're going to yell at you, yeah, you know, they're just, just going to get more buttons. angry. Right. And they're going to use you. You're, you're going to become a target, even yeah. if you weren't before. Yeah. Maybe they're angry at something that happened at school, but if you nag them, basically, if you push their buttons and follow them around yelling at them or bu- telling them what to do, you're going to actually become the, the source of their anger. You're going to become their, their subject. I think another thing, I think it's really important parents when your teens are angry um, remember, you're the adult in the house. You are the grown up in this situation. So if they're like, I hate you, mom, I hate you, dad, 
don't take that personally. They don't really hate you. You know, is it disrespectful? Sure, but they're just venting. They are blowing off steam. Let them do it. You are allowed to say to them in a very calm voice, please don't speak to me that way. Please go to your room. You know, like Sydney was saying, go to your room, take some time to calm down. You're not like, in, you're not grounded. You're not being sent to your room. Just go, maybe go for a walk outside, go calm down and then come back and let's talk. But please don't take it personally. That's the, yeah, that's a good point. That's one of the reasons why I said some parents have a hard time doing this because they feel as though as parents, they need to call their kids on all their behavior, you know? Um, but there's a time and a place for that to be constructive. Definitely. And you don't necessarily have to assert your authority in that way, especially if it's not going to get you where you want to go. Well, and here's another way to think of it also. Remember that you are probably the safest person in your child's world. And they may be really angry at a teacher or, you know, school administrator or their boss at work, whatever. But they can't say, I hate you to that person, but they can say it safely to you if you let them. And they don't hate you. They just are trying to expel some of that frustration that they're feeling, which actually, I guess that's another component. Let's go down the anger iceberg channel, shall we? Let's go down that little spiral rabbit hole. I love that rabbit hole. Absolutely. So moms and dads, we've talked about this before, but we're going to talk about it again because I think it's so important. The good old anger iceberg. What does that mean? If you haven't heard us talk about that before, um, I will post a a worksheet of the anger iceberg um, at some point soon on our blog and just probably on our resources page so you can get a visual of it. And it's really helpful Um, I use this with tons of my clients, regardless of their age, because it's just such a great way to understand what anger truly is. Anger tends to be a manifestation of other emotions. And it's what we see. It's what the public, that's what everybody sees when we're really upset, but it's not really anger. If we look underneath, so the anger iceberg, anger is above the water, under the water is a whole host of other emotions like disappointment, sadness, being overwhelmed, embarrassment, frustration, hunger, grief, tired, being tired, um, feeling guilty, feeling jealous, feeling scared, anxious, insecure. There's so many things that can be under the water that we don't see. What we see is anger. And so recognizing that when your kids are angry, they may not realize what's actually going on. Maybe they're embarrassed by something that happened today at school. Maybe they're sad because they really worked hard on a project, but they didn't get as good a grade as they wanted or they thought they deserved. You know, there could be a lot of different things going on underneath that that's not anger. And I think it's very easy as parents to take that personally and feel like it's being poured out at us, but it's not really it's once again, we're just the safe, we're the safe place for that. It's in a weird sort of way. If, if your kids lose their cool at you, this doesn't apply to every situation, but to many, in in many situations, it's actually kind of a backwards compliment. Exactly. It's like, I, I can show you all of my, my flaws and all of my bits and pieces and know that you will still love me. 
Exactly. You'll still be there for me. You're not going to fire me. You're not going to kick me out. You're not going to suspend me from school, whatever. Yeah. Right. And not, I'm not suggesting to parents that they need to take a lot of crap from their kids, but I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, that they're, if they feel like they can be themselves with you and show you the wide range of their emotions, in many cases, it means that you are safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and after they've calmed down, if they don't spontaneously come to you and apologize for things they've said in anger, after they're calm, that's the time, maybe the next day maybe a couple hours later after the explosion, that's the time to say, you know, it, it makes me feel bad when you say that, or I would like you to try to be more respectful, even when you're angry, if you can be, if you can use more respectful words towards me, I would appreciate that or something like that. You don't have to. And once again, when kids say they hate you, don't take it personally. I, you know, just don't because it's not a, a lack of respect. And I know a lot of parents see it that way, but it's just, it's an explosion of, of steam and the kids have to do it somehow. Right. So speaking of how do they do it, Sydney, why don't you start off us off on some of the, what are some of the things that we told the kids? Oh, triggers. I guess let's talk, talk about triggers first, and then we can talk about how to calm down. One of the things that we said to the teens is, if you are aware that there are certain situations that are that create anger for you or um, create even anxiety, because that sometimes can get um, can get that can get displayed as anger. Oh, that's another piece that we didn't get into. Right? I was talking with the teens about there are some people that you know get classically angry as we see, and then there are some people who um, will cry when they get angry or you know, they, they, they might be, you know, passive aggressive or things like that. Right. By the same token, there are some people who will appear angry, like you were saying about the iceberg, but they're really anxious or something like that. So one of the things I said to the teens was um, to kind of know if there are situations that are angry provoking for you or triggering for you to at least know that going in so that you can have a plan so that you can try to use as many of the coping skills as you can. So you as parents, if you are aware that there are situations that tend to bring up, you know, anxiety or anger or aggression in your teen, helping them to understand that can be very helpful. Sometimes teens are not open to that. And so if you suggest it and they say, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, mom, shut up. You know, then you just kind of leave, you, you drop the little hint there and you kind of let it sit and it'll, it'll be in their head somewhere and they may think about it, you know? So if you have some insight or some observation for your teens to give them that in terms of triggers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just like we talked about this in our resilience episode, which I think is episode two, where when you realize what the triggers are, when your kids realize what the triggers are, then, you know, working to neutralize them so that they don't bother them in the future. You know, they just, they become the owners of their triggers, not the other way around. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Excellent points. Well, and yeah, you can't always avoid triggers. You know, I mean, it's like you're, you may have a boss that triggers the hell out of you, right? And there's nothing you can do about that as long as you're working under that person's supervision. You just have to learn how to deal with stuff. 
So what are some things that kids can do? You know, you can actually even make a list of, of things that work for your kid. And we talk to your kids about this because we want them to own it. We want them to, you know, not need you because you go, you probably know this. If you go up to your teen and say, Hey, why don't you just, you know, try taking a breath? Why don't you try some meditation? Why don't you do whatever? Maybe y'all wouldn't say that. I wouldn't either, (laughs) but you know, why don't you, whatever? I don't know. They're not going to listen to you. A lot of times they're just going to be like, you don't understand. And then they'll run and slam their door. So just making accessible to them a list. And you know what? I'm going to make a note about that. We'll, we'll put a list up on the website, ways to calm down when you're angry. So distractions are really good things. Um, You know, maybe, so instead of telling your child to do something, you can maybe say, Hey, you want to go for a walk? You want to go for a walk and talk about it? Or do you want to just go for a walk and you don't have to talk about it? Kids, teens love walking. You'd be surprised. I'm always amazed. It's like, I, I take a lot of my, my, a lot of my teen clients and I go for walks and they, they really enjoy that because we're not looking right at each other. And so there's less pressure on them and they're more likely to open up. And, and I think parents, you, you, you maybe some, sometimes have the best conversations driving in the car, driving your kids to practice or something like that, or some lesson because it's less intense when you're not looking straight at them in the face saying, what's going on? Tell me about it. Um, sometimes just say, you know, so I would say asking, asking them if they want to go do something, you know what, you want to go with me, I'm going to go pick up dinner, or I'm going to run to the store really quick. Do you want to come with me? You can sit in the car while I'm in the store, but do you want to just ride with me? Let's go for a walk, whatever. It, it sends the message that you care you're aware that they're frustrated and you're there to listen. And you're also just there to be there for them. The other thing that uh, I I find oftentimes if teens uh, or younger teens, especially if they're misbehaving, oftentimes they will get restricted from their devices or their video games. And for some people, right, the video games are very helpful in expressing anger, managing anger, coping or distracting, et cetera. There are some folks that it, it tends to amp you up, especially if, you know, you're, you're playing a group game and the other people that you're in, you know, playing with are not behaving in a, in a way that you like, or if you're losing the game over and over again, sometimes that can amp you up. But as parents, I understand that kids need to have consequences, but if you are giving them a consequence for being angry and one of those consequences is taking away a coping mechanism, that's not going to work out real well. Agreed. Well, and, and, you know, remember that one of the reasons that video games are so habit forming for kids and and just people in general is that they release endorphins, you know, they release really good feeling chemicals in our body that do calm us down and make us feel better. So it, it might be okay to let them go play animal crossing or, you know, Minecraft, things that are, are less violent, you know, I, you know, you know, your kids, you know, what's going to make them worse, what's going to make them better. They also know too. So giving them the autonomy to think about what makes them feel better. And I, so, okay. Classic solution. 
or a classic situation, you need to calm down <laughs> or, or what do you, what works for you? What's going to help you calm down? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. One of my favorite phrases teenagers use, right? So maybe say, you remember last time when you were really upset about blah, blah, blah. How did you calm down from that? How did you feel better after that happened? Do you remember what you did? And they might be like, you know, I don't know. Well, you know, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. When I took a shower, I took a shower. It made me feel better. Um, well, I went and worked out, you know, whatever. So there are a lot of things we can do. So going for a walk, reading a book, getting outside, just breathing fresh air. Even if you live in a high rise apartment, if you're able to open a window somehow, you know, breathe a little fresh air or go downstairs, have the team go downstairs and just stand outside throwing ice cubes at a tree. It's awesome. Kids love that. Go I, I love when people go, you need to calm down. It's like, oh, gee, thanks. I didn't, I know. I don't think about that. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. You're right. I do. Yeah. I mean, how often along, parents does that work for you? You need to right. calm down. <laughs> along those lines too. I think as, as parents, sometimes we forget that teenagers are actually in the process of knowing themselves and they might actually have some good insight or, or something, you know, it's, I, I like what you said, Beth, about um, what helped you calm down last time, because there are some parents who kind of automatically remember back when their kid didn't even know how to use a spoon, you know, but guess what, as teenagers, they are beginning to learn themselves and know themselves. And so if you ask them, what they think helps, they may have some good perspective on that. Oh, something we did not talk about with the teens, which is important, is knowing your warning signs. Like, you know, figuring out when, what physical symptoms do you have when you start getting angry? You know, yeah, how can you tell when you're getting angry? Yeah. Does your face get hot? You know, and so unfortunately, parents, we've run out of time. We are going to do a follow-up with uh, how to deal with your kid's anger when they have been assaulted or bullied, because uh, I think that's super important. So we will do that as soon as we possibly can and get that up there. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to send us your questions on Instagram handle at askthepodcast or by email ask at askthepodcast.com. We're trying to figure this whole thing out too.